WWDC Keynote Wrap-Up, Part 2. This is Mac Voices. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Mac Voices After Dark. Uncensored, off-topic, and always off the wall. Mac Voices After Dark is available as a benefit to our Patreon subscribers. Sign up at patreon.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. This is part two in a series of conversations on Mac Voices Live about Apple's WWDC keynote. In the first part, we had our panel address the issues of the overall impression of the keynote, uh, since it was recorded again this year, and how it delivered and how they delivered overall. Then we bored into some of the specifics about automation, shortcuts, and focus. This time, we have two more panel members that uh, throw out their ideas for what they were most impressed by, and then the panel debates those. This time, we dig into some of the health information, and there's a bit of a disagreement on the panel about whether what is being done is sufficient. So let's go back and let the panel do the talking. So let's move on, um, because as, as was pointed out in the chat room, we're, we're this far in and we've only touched on two things. And I'm going to look to Jay next, because Jay does have a hard out, um, and I want to make sure that we get his, one of his one or two of his favorite things. So Jay, what, what struck you? I've talked a lot about a lot of these things in the last day, just on other podcasts. So I'm going to give a Mac Voices exclusive here. Um, the shared health data. And here's here's why it means a lot to me. Um, I don't talk about it often, but I have a autoimmune issue. Um, anytime like vacuuming or mowing the yard causes all my joints to flare up and then I'm basically out for two days. Uh, it sucks. I live with it. It's fine. Um, my mom has a much worse version of that. Um, my sister and I are 16 years apart. I spent some of my time taking care of my mom. Now it's her turn. Um, soon she'll be going off to college. And, you know, my stepdad, who has his own autoimmune issues and has cancer that will eventually kill him. It is what it is. We've all made peace with it. It's been 15 years now. Um, we can't have my family members just to themselves, not knowing what's happening. So for me to see that there is an opportunity to say, not only, you know, if something happens, I'm made aware and I know about it, but also if something unfortunate happens, that there is a way to pass that data on and make sure that things are taken care of uh, means a lot to me. And it, it has been one of the things that has always been a challenge, uh, just to be honest of, you know, hey, we got to make sure stuff is updated. We got to make sure things are good to go. Um, at this point, part of my Apple care for things is very much less about what I can do with it because I can basically ha do what I need to do on any system. I don't care what it is, but it's making sure that at the end of the day, if I need to take care of my family, I can do that. So this is this is definitely for me one of the mm -hmm. most important things because it shows that they care and then the their overall concern with health privacy 
and the ability to share health information just continues to be more and more important. And yeah, I mean, that's kind of it. I'm super excited about that. And I'm glad that they're doing that. It's huge. Um, This, you know, this is sort of related to um, uh, Apple figured out that people can sign up for iCloud accounts and then at some point die and somebody else may need access to that account. So the legacy contact thing is a very nice thing to have. Yes. But a friend of mine pointed out to me that um, for all of the for for all of the greatness of like you know getting to share health records and all of that stuff, my friend said, "Do you know what you do? You know how you track pregnancy if you're in the health app? There's a switch that you flip. That's basically the same as like menopause." So like, there's not a cycle to track here right now is really all it is. And you just have to like, remember to go unflip that after you've given birth. And I find that dumb. Uh, Like I used to be super mad that they didn't even have cycle tracking. And then they would bring women out on stage and go, I do all of these wonderful things with my Apple watch. And I'm like, it won't track your cycle. And like, I couldn't believe they were trying to get people like get women out there like it was a thing that was going to be viable for them, because that is the number one thing that the doctor will ask you when you are a woman and you go to the doctor and it is the number one thing that you will not have at your fingertips. It because- does not matter what doctor you are going to or what they are treating. It no. can have nothing to do with anything. What was the first day of your last cycle? Yes. Every uh, time. Well, yeah, well, I, I got my arm caught in the thresher machine. I don't know why this is relevant to your interest right now, but let me see what I can do for you. Like, honestly, and it is infuriating. And so then to find out like, yeah, this is really great. And they're going to do a lot of stuff with health records. And then to find out that there's barely anything for women's health is another one of those things that just underlines like to like, it's the kind of thing that makes me very shouty because it makes me it makes me yell things at the TV. Like, do any women work there? Like, because I know they do. And I know that there probably was one that was testing some of this stuff. And yet, like, it's not the health experience for me that it is for anybody else. Like, if I need to know to the milligram the amount of riboflavin in my life, I have a way to do that in the health app, but that's really not a thing I need to be able to track. And yet here we are. Okay. I'm done. I'm okay. <laughs> okay. So, so let's Jeff, I want you in here because I, I want to talk about what we had announced, not what it, what you feel is missing. Um, Cause it, that, that, that show could go on for days. No, it's so, the approach. That's the reason I'm upset about it is because somebody did stop and think about Apple and somebody at Apple stopped and thought about health, but didn't think a whole lot further. Like, yeah, I can get all my lab tests back so I can get all the tests about pregnancy. I can get all the tests about hormone levels. I can get all the tests about all the things that I have to do because I'm having a baby. And yet I can't do anything with any of that. I, data. I, I have to disagree a little bit with you. I'm really on that done. One. I'm really, really done. Um, as, you, as some of you know, I work in health IT. I work on the software that is used that synchronizes all of that with Apple. And... The biggest issue right now is literally access to data. Like, I mean, you're right, Kelly, all of that is missing. But Apple is actually tackling the things that is way more important. Data is siloed everywhere. Like, every doctor has their own thing. Every hospital has their own thing. It is hard to get to the data. And Apple is, I mean, Apple and a lot of government agencies are doing something about that. And I think that is why this is, I'm, I'm totally with Jay. This is a big step. It's not as big as 
even allowing health records on the phone. That was a massive one. And I was there and I talked to the team at Apple. But this is, this is big. And this is big and most people don't realize it. And it's big and it will probably take five years until even all the like, providers have it. Which is sad, but that's that's the reality. But if It'll Apple take didn't more than start five years, it, and not all the providers in America will have it because our our yeah. healthcare system is hot garbage. Yeah, I'm, I'm breaking I'm, news. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> I know you know. I, you know, you know. I've worked with all of them. I know. Um, it's mm, you know the temperature of the hot. Garbage. Oh, I know. I know. You know. I, know. Yes. Um, I can tell you one thing: there is a big push from the government side to to change that, and with money. So it's not just, oh, we want to do this and nothing happens with money. Mm. Um, but it still takes forever because, and, and it's, oh, yeah. not, it's not that the, the software is not there. It's not that the government doesn't want it. It's that the providers don't care. I know. So I want, yeah, we're like, going to see more in this. The personal piece of it, like, give me the option. Like, I know not everybody needs to track a cycle, but it's there on everybody's phone. I mean, mm. like, these are okay. the kind of things that I, that's why I find it really frustrating. And then we can... Like, want more from the uh the health tracking in the long run we can want to push them harder but i yeah. i actually don't want to dismiss that like this actually is huge the no, legacy stuff the and i'm glad family stuff yes. the records they're awesome yes and and i will always want to push apple for more <laughs> yes yeah. mm -hmm. jeff, jeff jeff get in here um i want <laughs> i want your thoughts because i know you have some all right well first there's always room for improvement and we need to hold Apple to a higher bar so that uh, those improvements have a higher likelihood of happening. Uh, now, with the announcements that Apple made yesterday, to me, that was very, very big. But, you know, the, the whole health digital legacy, uh, I mean, that was huge because as they, they were running through these features, it was my parents that I was thinking about the whole time. Um, so my, my parents are both cancer survivors and they're both older now. And, uh, and like for my dad, there, there's no cure. There's just, let's keep it at bay as long as we can. And, uh, and for my mom, it's the, the cancer, it's, it's, uh, just stunning that she's alive and in remission. I mean, uh, the, with the, with her cancer right now, she should not be alive. So, you know, I'm looking at what's going on with my parents. They're getting older. They're dealing with this. They're, they're immunocompromised now. And they live close enough that I can be there to help, but far enough away that I can't be there immediately to help. And having something where, where I can have a way to be a part of, uh, of staying on top of their health is just huge for me. And, uh, and I haven't had time to sit down with my parents yet just because there hasn't been time, but in the next week or so, I'm going to sit down with my parents and I'm going to be talking with them like seriously about all of the health announcements that Apple made and talking to them about exactly what it is that we need to do to get everything set up so that I can be staying on top of all of this with them and make sure that they're comfortable with that. Because if, if they're not on board, well, then it just doesn't work. But uh, I see this as a huge thing. And, uh, and like with the whole gate tracking thing, 
I'm thinking that uh, it's time to uh, to replace my mom's first gen Apple Watch, and get my dad an Apple Watch too, or as well, so that they both have another tool that they can use and I can use to to monitor their overall well being. This is huge to me. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by our Patreon subscribers and Mac Voices After Dark. Ever wonder what happens before the Mac Voices live shows? Or what happens when the show ends or after the live feed closes? That's where Mac Voices After Dark comes in. If you are a Patreon supporter at any level, you get access to the video of our off-camera conversations. Uncensored, unedited, and always off the wall. It's a small thank you to our Patreon supporters who want to peek behind the curtain. Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash macvoices. And thanks to everyone who supports the show. Yeah, I, I agree. And it was interesting to hear Patrice say that the biggest issue is 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 the data. And and yeah. um, I listen. I've since we're sharing. I mean, both of my parents are gone. I would have. This would have been phenomenal when you know we were going through that, trying to keep track of yep. the doctor's visits, the medications, the, yeah. the, the you know, all yeah. of it. And, and Frank, I, I want to give you the last word on this particular issue, because I know you've also been pretty open here about the fact that your desk is stacked high with medical bills and medical paperwork oh, yeah. of all kinds. So you had to feel like this was something that was directed well, in your area. The uh, two things came out. But, um, can I go into my two things from this? Because it's sort of absolutely in this. Yeah. Um, my father, as you all know, passed away in uh, February. It my, might have been able to talk him into wearing a watch. My mother, on the other hand, uh, seven years ago when I had an operation, and when I healed from the operation, the neurologist who had spent eight years in college studying neuro- MS suggested, you've got to go back to your apartment and start moving again. Otherwise, your back is going to freeze up. Now, my mother never asked me anything about MS, period, in all the time I've had it. She decided on her own that this woman that grew up on a tomato farm in rural central New Jersey knew more than the doctors and threw me into a home. Now, she is getting on now. Now that my father has left, she is also around 85. I've thought of giving her a watch. She still has problems operating a freaking flip phone. So I know there's no point to for me, as, as great as that would be to have, she would never even go near it. She, she is te- basically a technological Luddite. She, she doesn't like using TV remotes. You, you talk to her about she can't hear. And you say, well, look, you got to get some hearing aids. And she always tends to, she does this on purpose. She will turn to you with her deaf ear during a conversation. I don't know why she does it. Well, anyhow, that's enough of that. Um, the two things that, that got me uh, during the keynote was one, and I'll the second one is electronic, but the first one is health. Uh, 
I was very, very angry. And I wrote an op-ed today, ripping Apple, three more of them. Uh, once again, they, for some reason, think that people in wheelchairs are not, dis are, are not, don't need accessibility. And I wrote in the article, I said, look, I'm disabled. I'm not dead. Now, when they first came out with the watch and you were to close the rings, well, they had climbing stairs. They had walking. They had running. They had jogging. They had working around the apartment. You had vacuuming. Now they've put in dancing. It took us three years to get them to put into the watch that being in a manual wheelchair and propelling it actually burns calories. They wouldn't do it. Now, what really ticked me off yesterday was how long has Fitness Plus been out now? Uh, November? September? November. 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 November, December. November, December. Several months. Okay. Yeah. They still don't have any exercise regimen that's even remotely available for people in wheelchairs. Now, I've set up a studio in the gym by myself. I went out and did all the research. I came up with these things. I know my lower body doesn't work. I'm a paraplegic, but I have to keep my upper body strong so I can still do transfers. I had to come up with all this. And it angers me that Apple, you know, it, it's, it's kind of weird because they have their workouts, but I always get the feeling, it, rem it reminds me if we have some old enough members here to remember the Jane Fonda workout tapes. It almost seems like every instructor has to be out of some fashion magazine. They always have to look perfect. But anyhow, that's my rant. I, I just, I, I am just angry that they ignore the people in wheelchairs so much. And particularly, as I recall, during uh, the keynote, one of the presenters, I forget from which department, was in a wheelchair herself. Yeah. Yes. And it's yeah. like, wait a minute, you've got somebody, you, and I'm sure you've got more people working at Apple that have wheelchairs. You can't ask them? What's okay. the problem with there? I don't, I don't get it. Especially somebody who ranks high enough to be a person that they feature in a public event video like that. Yeah. That's not the first time we've seen and if you, you And if you notice, they made it a point to frame it uh, a couple of times. So you, Well, no, not just that, but sometimes they would get into a medium shot so you didn't see her chair, and then they would go out wide so you yeah. saw the arm with the white coating and the wheels, and then they'd go back in, then they'd come out. They wanted you to know that, hey, we employ. Mm hmm people who are in wheelchairs. And I was like, you, oh, God, you hypocrites. Hey, Frank, that just bothered I, me. As a developer, I'm, I'm going to defend Apple a little bit here. I have lots of criticisms of them, but, you know, having an idea and making that idea real are two really different things. So it's not like somebody can just say, oh, you know, and then instantly it happens. It, it takes huge amount of work and there's will, so many things on the list there's just no way you know we're going to be here 50 years from now and people are going to be saying well what about this and what about that and hopefully that list is going to get smaller over time but um 
you know, I, I, I wouldn't attribute that necessarily to nobody cares, but there's I, only a certain amount of resources and uh, you right, can't do I would, everything. I would disagree with you and I'll give you an example. What, uh, up at Max Stock, L, who you know, Bert Tapstra, right? Yeah, L. His partner, L, L Newman, right? I got a hold of L after I first met her. I emailed her and said, you know, you, you did all that yoga class. And I, I found that inspiring. It was great to have that Max Stock. But I said, there was nothing I could do. I mean, you could have done some chair exercise, you know, yoga which I ended up finding around here. I mean, you, you don't necessarily have to do it because someone's in a wheelchair. It could just be a chair thing. It's even, because the chair thing wouldn't be just for some people in wheelchairs. It would also be for senior citizens. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't, I have seen it done. So I don't get it. I use a thing called for my upper body called the OYO. Now, I found this thing through research. It was built for the people on the International Space Station. And it's a resistance rigmarole they came up with. And I do that so I still have muscle tone to do my standing transfers. So when they say they can't even come up with something like, you know, they were, I, I just couldn't get into it. They were doing, we can do yoga. We can do Pilates. Oh, Pilates is the hot word in, you know exercising field and that just drove me nuts and jim the thing i want to point out is that um frank it sounds like you're at, at this point your specific complaint is with the stuff that's available in fitness plus and the reason i want to confirm that is because new workouts have continued to be released to fitness plus so they've added different dance workouts different hit workouts different um yoga and like all the other ones they've added more of those over the last six months, eight months ish, um, since, and some of them do have a modification, but none of them are a wheelchair modification. Of all the ones I've tried, there are some for people who can't quite do what the person, what the, the lead instructor is doing, but there's nobody in the back in a wheelchair doing just the arm piece or anything like that, that, that indicates that there's something there so that like, Frank and I, for example, could do the same workout. Mm. And I, and, and that's the part mm. I think, and you know, there is time to walk or push, but that's only on the watch. Like time to walk is only a watch thing. Like it doesn't show up on your phone regularly. That's one of the workouts. That's why they had, a, we had a complaint for three, two or three yeah. years to get them to put it on the watch. There's three different methods of propelling mm -hmm. and you pick the one that you do. Right. And that burns off the calories. Matter of fact, the thing with the watch, this I thought was funny in a real black humor sense. I can look at my watch at the end of the day and it'll tell me how many steps on a stairway I've gone up. Oh, my God. What is that about? I can tell you the number of steps I fell down, but I couldn't <laughs> tell you the ones I walked up. Okay, so now let me get to my electronic thing so I can get out of that quick. Um, I was very disappointed in iPad OS 5. After they did their song and dance back in April, that you could buy this $2,000 iPad Pro. Now they were going to start telling you it even had this much RAM. 
And if you bought with extra RAM, you could pay extra bucks. But did they put out any kind of like pro apps yesterday or even hint at it? No. But have you noticed that Apple for the iPad Pro, every time they show it, they show LumaFusion. And Chuck, you had the, was the co-founders, was it, of LumaFusion on your show? Yeah. Just recently? And they're coming up with some great ideas. And uh, as far as music is logic, Cubasis is out there now, and Cubasis is basically taking over the territory. I sort of get the feeling that Apple is attacking it from two fronts. One, they really don't want to put the energy into sort of rebuilding an app from the ground up, which is basically an advantage that, well, Cubasis didn't have, but LumaFusion did. They got to start from the bottom and work up just like Pixelmator did. Uh, at the same time, also, I think it serves Apple politically to let someone else make the pro software for the iPad so they can not, they can say, well, wait a minute, you can't say we're a completely walled system because the professional people who are doing the stuff on the iPad, well, they're third party developers out there with there's two, three different uh, kinds of video software, different kinds of audio software, audio editing software. And I was watching a thing tonight, Nick. Uh, a guy came up with a point that I sort of, I didn't know if I wanted to agree with it or not. But there's a lot of people that feel this way. The fact that Apple comes out and says, we're making you a machine that is going to revolutionize the way you do things. And people were loving it. I follow people on YouTube that use iPad with LumaFusion all the time, and they'd say they love it so much better than editing on a Mac. But this guy pointed out, he goes, you know, I sort of feel we got trolled because basically Apple put out this amazing hardware, but they never gave us an app. It's sort of like you gave me a Ferrari but you didn't give me any gas and you didn't give me the keys. So what good is it? Frank, I think that that story is not finished yet though, because we've, we've heard so many rumors about this, the Jade C dies and Jade C chops and Jade C, all these other Jade things that don't, that aren't green in any way. Um, mm -hmm. Except mm -hmm. for, I guess, environmentally, but the the thing that I think that they're waiting for is they did announce this universal control to where you can, you know, take something from your iPad, move it over to your MacBook, and then for some strange reason, decide that's not a good home for it either, and then move it over into your iMac um, immediately after. I think one of the things that they want to do, and they do have a Logic app, it's just garbage. Um, it's a Logic remote. Um, the... <laughs> I think they do want to support those apps, but I think they want a hardware story to tell it on. And I think right now the M1 story has already been told. That said, if it's still in development, I mean, I don't know, I don't work there, but I, I do agree that I wish that they would at least say something 
And this has been a long time complaint that I've had with the entire Apple, you know, secrecy thing. Um, MKBHD or Marquez Brownlee had a good um, story on his YouTube channel, giving his whole review. There's a reason that Apple usually takes longer than people expect to put out something and that it's genuinely better than what we did. We would think of it. And I think right now, if they put out Logic and Final Cut on iPad OS, it's going to be about as good as we expect it to be. And I think they want it better than that. And, and that's not <laughs> excusing them. That's that's just saying, I think that's the state of it at the moment. And they've right, learned I, from I Final Cut Pro. I'm sorry. They've learned from, they've learned from Final Cut Pro 10, where like, yeah, people complained would, about it for years. <laughs> well, the thing I would argue, though, is several years ago, they showed a version of Final Cut Pro running on a Mac Mini when they announced it. They also showed some games. And also, I have a friend who also graduated from uh, Temple University. Shout out. Um, also in Go the film else. and video department. But uh, he does a lot of editing for the state and stuff like that and filmmaking and stuff like that. And he went and bought one of the uh, 16-inch MacBook Pros. Now, they really beefed those up, but they made sure they had software for it. They didn't build those 16-inchers with all those cores and then let it sit for about six months and see if a third-party developer comes in or when they get around to it, they're going to do it. They had this stuff in place, and it, it seems to me like this time they decide, nah, it's really not that much of an issue. The story is not it's not that easy because a big chunk of Final Cut, a big chunk of Logic, a big chunk of basically every, let's say, video or audio or photo pro app is plugins. And plugins are very hard to do. Like it's, The system doesn't exist on iOS. Oh, no, the, I know. The approach the, the, is different. Yeah. So it's not as easy to do. Doesn't mean it's impossible. Doesn't mean Apple can't do it if they wanted to. But it's not as easy to do. And I well, think that's where the story is 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 difficult. I think they're focusing right now on transitioning those apps and those plugins over to to M1 on the Mac, and then seeing what they can do on the iPad. Well, from the, the stories I saw online, from the people that are doing uh, using Logic. Uh, there's a guy called Henny who's got a couple of gold records for production and stuff. And he says a lot of his favorite plugins, yeah, they haven't been optimized and he's had mm -hmm. to get rid of them. You realize that, but he was the basics of logic. If he could get that to work, he's got these other apps that are working on the M1 and he's still doing his work. And I don't understand why the creator of the hardware didn't sort of seem it, it almost seems if you knew nothing about computers you would go well yeah that hardware is really great what are you going to do with it it, it, it gonna... seems like there was a separation a disconnect between the engineers in the software and the hardware that wraps up part two of our conversation with the Mac Voices Live panel about Apple's WWDC keynote. Next time, we dig into things like live text, 
the synchronized watching, and the AirPods conversation boost. And I think you'll be very interested in the panel's opinions on some of those. That's next time on Mac Voices. Until then, and as always, I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.